I'm Noah. And I'm Ben. And you're listening to Product Journey. In this episode, we're going to be chatting with Ben Orenstein. He and his co-founders quit their day jobs 18 months ago and founded a tool called Tuple. Tuple is a tool for remote pair programming. It's screen sharing, remote control, video, and audio, but tailored for software developers. So hopefully that gives you a little bit of context, but I think you'll really enjoy this interview. So let's jump into it. All right. How's it going, Ben's? We got two Ben's on this podcast right now. This is sure to go well. I don't think I've ever been on a double Ben podcast, so I'm feeling yeah, sad. <laughs> it's going to be complicated, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, we have Ben Orenstein. Thanks for joining us. So what we were thinking would be fun to do is so both me and Ben Mann are, you know, we're both pretty early in our journeys and in some ways like you've you've i guess made it i guess and obviously you still have a lot of uh places you want to go with tuple and what you're doing um but for, you know for a lot of entrepreneurs you've gotten to where you know we want to get to where we can you know quit our day job and do our business you know full time so we thought it'd be interesting just to kind of hear like what does your day-to-day look like kind of like a life a day in the life of Ben Orenstein, you know, um, just to see like, okay, is th- that's what we uh, are kind of going towards. Um, and, and I think it'd be interesting. So can you first start off with just kind of, I guess, explaining, kind of doing a dive into what your day-to-day looks like? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so it's pretty great, actually. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I'm pretty happy with my day-to-day. Um, so I live... Um, I live about 10 minutes from where we work. So we don't really have an office. We actually work out of the second bedroom of one of my co-founders, Joel. Um, and uh, mm-hmm. so basically I wake up and my I walk 10 minutes. Um, we start the day around nine something. Uh, we do a stand up at 9.30. So I usually get in like after nine and before 9.30. Um, we do well, a- when do you usually get up then? Are you Do you do some things before you go into the office? It varies. Um, my morning routine becomes more, and less, more or less disciplined depending on, I don't know, random chance it seems like. Um, <laughs> most Basically every day I'll make coffee is kind of my first thing. Uh, occasionally when I'm in the habit I'll meditate for 10 minutes uh, before that, but that's probably 10% of the time these days. Um, I also will sometimes during co- while I'm drinking coffee do the five-minute journal which just has like a kind of a quick, like, you know, what are you grateful for and what would make today great? And just a, a mm. short thing like that. Um, I find those things to be somewhat helpful, but like not complete game changers personally. So like I, I always seem to fall out of the habit of them because I'm like, I feel like I should do this and it's probably kind of good, but it doesn't seem to be tremendously good. So mm-hmm. um, I'm inconsistent. Uh, but so then I, uh, I usually, these days I've been like skipping breakfast, doing like intermittent fasting, I guess you could call it, uh, but mostly just not eating until lunch. Um, Okay. Uh, walk into work, do a quick stand-up, uh, and then we work until, you know, lunch-ish, which is noon for us. Um, a good number of days we'll t- kind of take a break in the middle of the day and go uh, to the gym. Like, we like to climb or, uh, like, work out, and, like, lift. Mm. So, um, all three of you will go to the gym together? Uh, yes. Yep. Oh, that sounds oh, That's like pretty fun. cool. <laughs> it's uh, it's awesome, yeah. It's like, so like, we all sort of, you know, put everything down and then go do it, which is um, a really nice break and also just like good for your body and for your mind and so it kind of so you got a little like a, competition going there <laughs> uh not quite not, not too much um 
it's it's just more and like it's it's a nice time to kind of like talk about work but in an unstructured way where we're thinking about other things too and so sometimes like good ideas will kind of come to us as we're like focused on other things um and it's a luxury like going to the gym in the middle of the day is great because it's empty and you can't it's harder to do if you don't you know control your schedule but because we do we're able to do that so it feels good to take advantage of that like that's one of our that's one of our perks and so it's like to not take that perk feels (laughs) wrong to me yeah i can relate <laughs> i'm going to the gym as well and every time i go it's it's packed <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah i believe yeah, i go to the gym uh in the morning so i go pretty early so there's usually no one there but it's also a gym it's not like a super fancy gym it's like a part of our apartment so it's not yeah there's not like anyone there so that makes it nice <laughs> yeah well you're both getting there which is what matters <laughs> true <laughs> yep it's worth the effort um so yeah um and so we'll we'll so it, it's not uncommon for us to have you know a couple hours where we we go spend like doing yoga or climbing or sometimes just like sit in the sauna um come back we cook uh, or Joel will sort of cook us lunch uh some days uh to save a little cash and time um so we do some home cooked nice. meals which is another like nice benefit of like working in a house is there's a kitchen and so we can have like a proper yeah. a proper meal um and then yeah we then the afternoon rolls around do a few more hours of work we wrap up pretty early honestly like we usually stop around 3 15 3 30 i'd say it's rare we're still working at four um and almost never past that um except for maybe like kind of informally like joel might keep working while we leave or i might go home and do some more <laughs> but like we're, we're pretty much done with the official we're all here work day um by 3 30 or 4. yeah so that's like a seven hour work day but you having kind of like breaks in the middle like pretty good breaks in the middle mm-hmm yep and we we're, we're really into this game called um smash ultimate the latest like super I've mario Brothers smash game uh it's like a it's like a fighting game it's kind of like street fighter but with nintendo characters kind of thing okay um, <laughs> so you play that during the day yeah it's <laughs> just sort of become our unofficial or like our, i don't know official i guess break where it's like, you want to take a few minutes and go just like, you know, 1v1 each other? So that's where the competition <laughs> is at. <laughs> yes, yes, that for sure triggers the, the competitive in- instincts. I was wondering, uh, I'm guessing that you guys have uh, all your great ideas in the hot tub. <laughs> um, I will, we, we don't actually have regular access to a hot tub. We have a sauna, which is kind of... Oh, a sauna. sauna. Okay, that, yeah, that's a little different. Yeah, I, I wish we had a hot tub. That'd be great. That's, that's on the dream house <laughs> list for sure. <laughs> do you have any ideas in the sauna then um yeah definitely i mean like, i think some of our like i can kind of give you one example where one of the features we we were focused on adding to the app in the beginning was uh dual mouse cursors and we were just convinced like we need this but to ship like this is something that people everyone wants we're gonna have to have it and we invested like a huge amount of time into it, like hundreds and hundreds of hours and it's just a really hard thing to implement well um and so we were like getting closer to launching and like, or I think maybe we even had launched and it was just causing a lot of problems. And I remember we were climbing and just this kind of thing just came to me and I like asked Spencer, I was like, what if we did this tweak where it worked like this and this sort of thing happened instead of that? And he was like, "Mm, I could probably ship that this afternoon. And I was like, hmm. And so we tried it and it worked great. It was like a great substitute. And it was kind of just like one of those like judo moves where it was like, oh, there's just like a, a, a variant on this, which isn't quite the same. Uh, but gets you almost all the same benefits, but it's way easier. And like, that was, Mm -hmm. to me, that was kind of the perfect example of like a thing that came to me while I wasn't really working. I wasn't really working. I was, I was focused on other things, but like my mind was kind of just like, 
idly exploring and wandering. Yeah, yeah. I love when that happens. <laughs> so I guess apart from from climbing, having all those freedoms, um, what what part of your day, like when you're actually working, <laughs> uh, what part do you enjoy most? I think I tend to be the most excited and the most engrossed in the first third of a project where I'm still figuring out what to do. Um, like I like the, I'm like a high level big picture person where I like to kind of come up with like, okay, here's the goal. Here's the strategy. Here's roughly how we're going to go about it. And then like starting to get into it. And then once the pieces feel mostly figured out, I really quickly lose interest. Uh, so like I'm, I'm terrible at the last quarter of a project where it's like, okay, now like I can see the finish line. I just need to like check off all these boxes for whatever reason that is, uh, that's tough for me to push through sometimes. So I'd say the part of my day I like best is like when there's something kind of new that I'm kind of excited about. I definitely have a little bit of that like shiny object syndrome, um, like, like business <laughs> ADD, um, where it's like, I get really excited about a new idea and I really want, I, I think it's like, gonna be, it's going to be huge. It's going to be great. Like I'll, I'll start working on it. And then like after a couple of days, I'm like, well, I'm not as excited about this anymore. Um, so I like when I'm still in the mania of, uh, of a new idea that I, I'm convinced it's going to be amazing. Yeah, I think I have that same thing you're talking about where like the last 20% to get all the way to 100%, it's it's difficult to get that last 20%. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, the last bit just feels like boring where it's like, oh, like I, it's already been figured out. The rest is just like, now I just like think about a bunch of details and like, yeah, make sure it works correctly yeah. and all that. It's like less exciting to me. Yeah, I'm kind of in this in this phase right now because I'm, I'm building this this new thing called Playgroup and I've like it's it's probably at 80% right now but i i kind of left over all the um the boring stuff to do um so yeah you have to grind through it i guess <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah it's a thing i'm working on getting better at cuz you got to you got to ship it otherwise it doesn't matter yeah. it's not done until it's shipped um so we kind of have a, a layout of what your day looks like kind of what your schedule is um I'm guessing that what you actually do during the day, like what you're actually working on, just very dependent on what features, what things you guys are focusing on, um, or is there, or is there kind of a pattern within that as well, like a way that you guys work together, or or do, are you guys kind of all working on your separate stuff, or randomly come and talk to each other whenever you need to, or like how does how do you guys kind of do that as a team? We work fairly independently. Um we talk a lot. We're in the same room and we check in all the time. Um, so there's tons of communication happening, but typically we're working on separate efforts. Um, so yeah, my day does vary a lot depending on kind of what's, what's happening. Like sometimes I'm working on a specific like marketing thing or a sales thing. Um, or sometimes like trying to come up with the next round of features, like kind of thinking like slightly more strategically. Uh, but yeah, generally we, um, we mostly kind of like figure out what to do and then split up and do it and then kind of reconvene and say like, see what's going on. So you also don't have like set, um, set roles. So one of you is basically doing marketing and then the other one is just developing, but you will probably just rotate and everybody does everything. <laughs> no, um, we are the, the responsibilities are actually, actually somewhat well divided, I would say. Hmm. Um, so like sales and marketing and I guess maybe strategy is, is my world. Um, Spencer, one of my co-founders is, uh, the most focused on the technical stuff. Like he's written almost all of the, the desktop app or quite a bit of it, um, the client. Uh, and then uh, Joel, my, my second code founder, uh, does all the support uh, and all the operations stuff. Like he actually like handles like sending out the dividends and making sure we have insurance <laughs> and uh, kind of keeps a, <laughs> helps me stay focused, I guess. Or like helps keep me from doing crazy stuff. Like we have a nice kind of balance of personalities where 
like I said, like I'm, I'm a big pressure person. I get very excited by new things. I want to run off and do all these new things. And I, I get excited by big changes. And Joel is like a good counterbalance on that where he is uh, more methodical, more skeptical. Uh, and he kind of like helps me stay a little bit more uh, sane, I think, or a little bit more <laughs> slightly closer to the, I think, optimal point of like, you know, a mix of those things. So, that's a good so you're balance. not really writing code anymore? Almost not at all. I, I read a little bit of the backend code. Our backend is a Rails app. Uh, but there's not a ton of, it's not a huge part of the app. Uh, and so I write some of that, or I wrote some of that, and I, and I, I continue to write a little bit, uh, but but mostly not that much. So do you miss that at all? Because like you used to, I mean, that's used to be what you did, right? Yeah, yeah, I was a developer for a long time. Um, and yeah, I miss it a bit. Um, it's fun. I, I still find code like kind of to be the easiest thing that for getting me in the zone. But it's a compromise I am willing to make to because I think it's the right thing to do for the company and because it's also not super painful like I, I find other stuff interesting too like writing great copy or working on how we're going to do our onboarding emails or trying to think strategically about the future of the company those things are all still interesting to me yeah so I wonder I, I was just wondering do you think you guys are maybe one of you, one of your co-founders could build and do all everything that Tupo requires by themselves. Like, could it be a one-man team or do you feel like you guys had to, you know, kind of work together to do what you're doing? Uh, I mean, it'd be, it's really hard to tease apart. Um, I, I think yeah. the three of us are a really good set of skills put together. And I think if we were missing any one of those skills or personality types, we would be dramatically worse off. Um, given where the company is now and the momentum it already has, if you had to have, if one of us had to run it, it would probably go okay. Like they would, there would be enough revenue. They wouldn't have to go get a job or like, you know, they, they would, and there's enough momentum. I think it would probably mostly be all right. It would be a huge amount of work. Um, but the, the, the part of like getting it off the ground, um, there was just, there was a lot required. And I think all of us contributed pretty substantial things that, that made it possible. Uh, let's see. So going back to kind of your, your day, I think we talked about what's your favorite part of the day. What's your least favorite thing that you have to do? Hmm. Um, probably filling out um, RFPs or like security audit questions <laughs> is my least favorite thing. Um, so what is that for? I don't really know <laughs> much yeah. about that. So once a company hits a certain size it decides that it should start doing stupid things that are, don't give good return on investment. Um, or more accurately, it's just like, there's just enough people involved that like someone gets hired whose job is like, Oh, like we should do the thing that all big companies do, which is we should have like an annoying thing that vendors have to fill out. Um, uh, so basically it's like someone will write up a doc or like steal someone else's. That's like, what is your backup retention strategy? how do you ensure physical security of the servers that your code runs on? How, like, what is your disaster response plan look like? And how often do you update it? And when does the training for this disaster response take place? And how long, how many employees are dedicated to this? And like sort of this, this long list of like questions that maybe provide some value to some people. But when you're asking a startup, it's kind of like, yeah, we don't have like a disaster response <laughs> training plan and it's not, it gets updated never. Um, <laughs> so it's, you know, but the weird thing is like, sometimes we'll just like fill these out pretty honestly and be like, uh, we kind of don't have this. We sort of have this. We're trying to do our best on this one. 
uh and then it just it's fine there's like okay yeah we just wanted you to fill this out and then now you're approved <laughs> so it's like okay. oh that's that's even worse <laughs> yeah right like it's it would at least be like oh like yeah it, w- it would mean something more if it was like oh you're like you're too young like you're too yeah. new you don't have enough process or structure for us i'm like great that makes sense to me i understand that but but it seems like a lot of the places it's just kind of like a part of the process you need to get sort of checked off yeah i've worked at i mean i currently am working at a bigger company and there does seem there's like processes where the people that actually manage the process don't really care about it that much and so they're just like okay you just have to do this because i'm told that you have to do this but i don't really care and then they just you just do it and then you're fine but it's like they just have to make you do it (laughs) yeah it's this feels like man i if if we keep growing and headcount and complexity and all that like i hope we can really avoid this because i see it so much in like larger companies where it's like this it seems like everyone involved agrees this is pretty stupid and the people that care about this are pretty frustrated but like you have to do it anyway it's like wow that you can't change that like that's like seems like just (laughs) what a horrible existence like i was talking to like a a sales prospect and like legal said no and they're like like why did legal say no like uh they weren't clear they didn't really give us a clear answer they just seem to not want they just seem to not want to do it is what this person told me it's like okay i okay nice i don't know what to do with this so how often do you have to fill out one of those things those it's, forms it's not that often now it's just it's it's my my hobby horse that i like to complain about but it's it's most <laughs> almost all of our customers just sign up and like we have a privacy policy and we have a security details document and like you can read about these things if you in terms of service if you care about them um so it's 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 actually not much of a, a problem the reality is my life is pretty great <laughs> yeah that sounds good so how has your day-to-day evolved um as tuple evolved i mean you guys have been doing tuple for 18 months now i think um so like has it has your day-to-day changed or like back in the early more early stage compared to now i would say the day-to-day is actually very similar um we have moved to a self-serve like sign-up process so i spend a lot less time talking to customers and like emailing people and following up and saying hey uh, how about now hey do you want to do that thing you said you want to do um but other than that we mostly doing the same thing like we're thinking about what should come next in the product and we're writing code and shipping it out and talking to customers and trying to get it in front of more people so that the the basic motions seem pretty similar i imagine that will change a lot if and when we hire people but for now it's kind of the same there's less of um there's less of the background like will this ever work stress um, so now like there's the anxiety is less generic general and more specific so before it was just uh, like oh, talk- oh man i hope we don't die <laughs> so, yeah um, uh, i hope you don't like run out of money i hope this actually works and people want this thing they say they want and are willing to pay for it um, and now it's more like man how do we get this like how do we fix this metric that we don't like or like how do we improve this number over here um or like sh- like should we do this big hard future thing or not yeah that stress you're talking about do you think there's like times where because i i think i've maybe felt this like with my last startup i was trying to build like where the stress almost overcomes the positives of building your own business do you think you've ever felt that where it's like is this worth it (laughs) all this stress and issues and stuff like that um for me it's worth it um partly because it's working like i'm not existing in a state of like it's constantly not not working and like we're struggling really hard it's more like this seems to be going pretty well actually so it's all of everything i say is colored by that the bias of that experience um but for me i value freedom a lot 
Um, and so the stress of, I have to try to make a thing work that hasn't been a thing before, uh, is more than paid for by the ability to go climbing during the day or to take an afternoon off or to just take a bunch of time off. I spent like all of September on, uh, Martha's Vineyard, which is just this beautiful Island off the coast of Massachusetts. And that would have been a lot harder to do with a normal job. So the things that I value are, are kind of paid for or like kind of are, are worth it to me. Um, and uh, I don't know, overall, I don't actually feel that much more stressed than when I had a job. It's yeah, more stressful. It's a bit more stressful, but it's not dramatically more stressful. We're in the same order of magnitude, I would say. Mm-hmm. A- and I also like, I like obsessing about something. Like I like that I can basically always think about work and it's like productive and like can yield like positive things in my life. Like I kind of like, I like that I can think about it all the time. And like, I, I never thought about work all the time when I was, um, an employee of someone somewhere. Uh, but now I think about work a lot, but it's fun. Like it's like this fun mental puzzle that I can kind of pick up whenever I want. And like, just like have my brain turn on it and sort of try to figure out what's next and what, what the next thing we should do is. Um, t- talking about being an employee, could you like, not that anybody's hoping for it, but could you like picture yourself going back to being employed again by somebody else? I, I, I just imagine that being really hard, like after, you know, coming to the point where you're at right now. Yeah, I think it would be very hard to go back at this point. Um, there are lots of great things about jobs. Like I had a good one. Like it wasn't like I was trying to escape a terrible job. Um, so if I had to, I'm sure I could, I imagine I could get used to it again. Like the life of like a developer type is pretty, pretty cushy, I think. Uh, but I would definitely miss that, um, the stakes and the buy-in and the freedom and flexibility. Like I like being in charge. That's, that's fun. It's fun to be able to control the steer the ship. So it would be hard to, it'd be a challenge for sure. I hope it's, I hope it's not in my future. <laughs> Although I don't know who knows, maybe one day trade that like the, 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 reli- the reliability of a job is kind of nice. Like it's, the stress level is, you know, somewhat lower, but I don't know. Hopefully not. We'll see. Okay, sweet. So yeah, the next part we're thinking, basically we just had like some random questions. So maybe this is just like a random question segment. It's kind of jumping around. They don't necessarily, I guess, go together. It's more just like different random things that we were both uh, interested in. Um, so like what's starting out here, what's one tip for people starting to build an audience that you have? Um, I mean, I think the most important part of that is actually just starting for real. I think a lot of people don't actually start. So just start trying to ship stuff and be useful. Um, also one, maybe possibly more helpful tactical thing. If you are actually starting is, um, there's probably something you can do to be useful on the internet that doesn't feel like that much work to you. So to me, trying to publish a blog post every week would feel like a chore. And I don't think I could maintain that habit very long, but publishing a podcast every week is fun and I don't mind it at all. And so I've been able to do hundreds of those and it doesn't feel hard. Um, and so look for, at least like try I would encourage people to try a bunch of different things. Maybe vlogging is super great for you. Maybe podcasting, maybe whatever, um, test, test things and see, is there something that, um, the people you want to attract find useful and interesting that, feels kind of easy and fun to you i like it yeah sounds good (laughs) um one thing that i was interested in because slack shut down their um their screen sharing stuff um do you think there will be any any kind of competition coming up in the future or would you say that there's something that you should look out for because i feel if they're like if it's something 
some bigger company that is well funded that might actually get you into some some trouble maybe could be yeah um yeah i expect competition uh to show up um and to be substantial i think but i feel like our best answer to that is to just like do our the best job we know how uh don't spend too much money so that we can't take it if like our revenue starts to take a hit from something like that um and just kind of keep working at it i think it's worth paying some attention to competitors and if they have great ideas to be inspired by them um (laughs) But, yeah, I don't, I don't spend much time worrying about it uh, currently. Although I imagine that would change if someone showed up in a much louder, more successful way where it's like, oh, these, these people over here are like having a lot of success and a lot of people are hearing about them and I'm, I'm worried that they're doing it way better than we are. Uh, I'm sure my mindset would shift on that. Would you... See, I don't think you guys have taken funding at all, I don't think, but would you ever consider that? Um, we have taken... You're right, we've taken no funding um we've self-funded everything so far um would we consider it sure possibly uh it doesn't immediately (laughs) appeal i don't think it's likely um owning the whole company is great Uh, it's really nice that we all our interests are in one room all the shareholders are like the founders um i think that's pretty awesome um i don't have any interest in selling equity anytime soon because i think um the company will I think our equity will be worth a lot more later. Um, so I'm not really worth interested in tra- trading cash for it at the moment. Um, I don't really, I mean, we occasionally idly talk about like, well, what if we just raise a couple million bucks and then, cause like we could hire a couple developers and a de- designer right now. And that would be kind of fun. Uh, we could like do all these things that we want to do. Um, but I'm fairly convinced that yes, you can go faster as you flesh out the team. But also there's a cost of adding these people, which is not negligible. Uh, the complexity goes up a lot and more people, more problems. Uh, I heard recently, which I like. Um, it's like <laughs> you have, have, you have, you're trading certain problems for other problems. Um, so I think eventually like, we'll sort of expand our team, but I want to do it slowly anyway. Uh, I want to make sure we have processes we like and I want to hire slowly and find people that are great fits for us. Um, and so if, it was, if we had raised a bunch of money and it was like now we're like, okay, well, we should turn this into people quickly. I'm not even sure that would lead to a better outcome there. So talking from your standpoint right now, what would be the first role you would probably be looking for in new employees? Um, it's kind of a tie, but I think my preferred thing would probably be a designer actually, which is kind of weird uh, because as an app, like our app doesn't have that much UI Chrome intentionally. So it's, <laughs> it's a little bit silly. But um, of the skill sets that we lack, design feels the strongest. We, we feel that sort of most acutely where it's like, oh, like it'd be nice to spin up a landing page for this thing. And it's like, okay, we have to go hire somebody. <laughs> and we're, we're making do with that. Um, and there are good people out there that you can hire and we've had some success with that. But um, I, there's just, I really value good design a lot. Like I want everything that we have to be like kind of beautiful and thought about and like have the details thought about and have someone who's like doing pretty consistent ux research and saying like i think it should work like this because of these reasons and i think that can be a competitive advantage for us uh, so uh that would probably be my first answer but pretty pretty neck and neck with that would be just like another engineer of course like someone else to write write <laughs> oh, code one, one thing we one thing we think about doing is um uh expanding to like linux and windows like uh, more clients like we run on mac only right now and so yeah if we could hire someone who was like a ton of Linux experience and like we thought could really 
like kind of own the client for Linux, that would be pretty cool. So that, that, that appeals too. Yeah. That sounds like a good idea. <laughs> Let's see. So where, where do you wish to see Tuple in a, in a year from now? Maybe it includes some of the things you're just talking about, but. I'm not totally sure. I, like, I think we can more or less continue on this current trend without huge changes. So I think there's still plenty of people that have never heard of us and there's still plenty of potential customers. And I think there's more created every day. So, I mean, I would like to see us keep growing. If we stopped growing, that would be unfun. It wouldn't be as interesting. Like we'll, we'll make enough money to live, but it won't be as exciting. Um, so I want us to keep, you know, growing revenue, adding customers and just making the product better and better. Like it's, we've got a pretty good like version one right now and people are mostly pretty psyched about it. Uh, like our, our reviews from people are pretty solid, but every time they say nice things about it, I'm kind of like, yeah, but it could be so much better. Like I'm surprised you're even saying this. Don't you know that like, there's like 10 things that we want to improve like yesterday. Like how do you like this? Every time I use it, I hate it, you know, a little bit at least Uh, just cause you just, you see, I see all this potential. We, we all do. And all these things that we want to add or change or improve. So I think just keep, kind of keeping at it just kind of keep making it better try to grow yeah those are like the big things might hire a little bit maybe we'll see not sure that sounds good um one other thing we were interested in and i guess a lot of listeners as well is exploring new marketing channels um and it might actually be your your thing right because you you said that it's your role basically um how do you do it any (laughs) any secret sauce there yes um Totally secret sauce. Um, very simple. Uh, step one is to be useful on the internet and build an audience who likes and trusts you for 10 years. <laughs> then make something for those people and charge them for it. And that's basically it. That is all I have brought to the table. Uh, I, I don't think I have any specific marketing chops beyond that. So I've just been like teaching and trying to make useful things and trying to share things uh, for a long time. Uh, and that is where a ton of our initial customers came from. I think basically all our early traction came from the podcast, people on my newsletter, people who had been following me since like ThoughtBot days or had seen like a talk I did eight years ago. Um, that's, that's, all, that's what I know about marketing basically. Um, <laughs> we're now getting to the point where it's like, okay, um, eventually Ben's network is not enough. And we want to kind of expand beyond it. And I'm still like a total newbie in this, this world. Like I'm just sort of figuring out like, how do we do this? Well, um, for us, I think it's the answer is probably some sort of content marketing. I think. Yeah. Um, That's what I was aiming at. Yeah. (laughs) Because I've, I've had a lot of experience making stuff for developers, like educational stuff. So I think I could, I could keep doing that. Uh, that would, and that would probably hopefully maybe work. Um, uh, and also just like this, like this podcast, you know, it's like, it's, it's useful for me to go like, uh, there's a reason I'm sort of, I try to remind, try to remind people like, Hey, like I want to come on your podcast. I want to talk about stuff because Hey, it's a useful marketing activity. It's not super hard. Um, it sort of leverages the things I already have. And, uh, so this is, that's, this is one of our sort of our main things that, that, that we do for that. Let's see. So kind of jumping into another area. Um, so taking the leap from employed to self-employed, do you have any advice for that since you've done it and, uh, like the timing around it, like when would you do it? Hmm. So we chose to do it preemptively. So um, the three of us uh, were all in a really nice position, which was we have no dependents and uh, we had all saved a a good amount of money so that when we started, we knew we could each go at least a year uh, without income. 
Uh, and that was really, really huge for us because we didn't have to worry about money or funding and it put us in a really strong position. So um, that is one really nice option if you can manage to do it, if you can save the cash uh, so, and then take a shot at it. I think that's pretty, that's kind of, that's kind of cool. It did not appeal to me at all to start part-time. Um, but the, it's, it's much more reasonable to do it that way. Like I think uh, for the average person, it's probably going to be a lot less stressful to try to start it on the side while you still have a normal, reliable income uh, and, and mm-hmm. like gives you more time to kind of learn how to do this thing, this business thing. Um, I was fortunate to come into this with a fair amount of experiences building SaaS apps or on like info products or and marketing developers and things like that. So I think we were able to, to make it work fairly quickly. But I, th- I think for, for most people, especially if you haven't done it a couple like something like it before, it would be a really tall order to say, go full time and, and get this thing to replace your income to a sufficient level uh, before you run out of cash. That's pretty hard, I think. So I, I wouldn't necessarily advise our path, um, but it kind of comes down to like who you are and what your experience level looks like, what your risk appetite looks like, how much cash you can save, do people depend on you, uh, all those things factor in, I think. Yeah. Um, so something I've been thinking about a little bit, um, it's basically just because I'm, I'm still pretty early, like trying to figure out ideas and, uh, kind of what I'm passionate about, what I want to end up doing for a business. Do you think that there are ideas and things that like bootstrappers are not able, like, like, or I guess markets that bootstrappers can't do, like, it's just maybe, yeah, maybe too big or specific markets that just kind of stay away from yeah i think you probably should not start spacex or like a, <laughs> right. a biotech company or yeah n- nuclear 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 i can't remember fusion <laughs> it just you know there's there's certain things where it's like oh yeah like to get started you need a million dollars of hardware just to even like begin like but you probably knew that that's that's probably the, the glib obvious answer um <laughs> beyond like assuming you're, you're planning on making some software um, nothing immediately jumps to mind is like, oh, this is clearly a horrible idea for a bootstrapper. Like the nice thing about, like, like I think there are a lot of markets. Like I was thinking, okay, okay, maybe you don't want to go into an enterprise market, and that's maybe true, but like maybe you can also just land one deal and now you're ramen profitable. So mm-hmm. maybe if you have some insight into this field and you know this industry, maybe an enterprise thing could make sense for a bootstrapper. It might be a little bit harder than trying to sell to smaller organizations who don't have security audits and compliance and legal <laughs> and things like that. Uh, but maybe not. I don't know. I, I think it really, to me, the like market is important. Like who you decide to, to try to build things for is, is matters. But I think a lot of that should be informed by like, what do you know? Like who have you been in a certain industry before? Do you have insights about these people and what they want and how they buy? That's probably a little bit more important than uh, a generic kind of assessment of a market as being viable for a bootstrapper cool yeah i like that hey well thanks ben orenstein for coming on the podcast we really appreciate it it was fun chatting with you yeah yeah my pleasure Uh, thanks for having me on thanks for being here all right (laughs) we well that's it we'll we'll see you guys in another episode talk to you next week bye